Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Neat Pour. This week we dive into four different versions of Jack Daniels. So sit back, grab your drinks, and we hope you enjoy the show. We're live, baby. You never make me stay. Sorry, that's my MJ. Did you like that? No. Welcome back to the Neat Poor Podcast. Uh, Nick is here. Looking like a damn leprechaun. And Shalanda is here. And we're back here with episode 56. I know your every move, so won't you just let me be. Sorry. You know, people are going to listen to this <laughs> and really think that we have problems. Episode 56. Shalanda, this is the Jack Daniels episode. All about that Jack. Yeah. So today we've got old number seven. We've got Jack 10. We've got Coy Hill. And we've got a bottle that we came back from Louisville with. Um, the 2020 single barrel special release, the uh, barrel proof rye. So we got liquor on top of liquor on top of liquor on top of liquor, y'all. Yeah. Um, this is the Tennessee whiskey episode of, of the Neat Pour. How do we sound? They sound great. All right. So we're going to talk about, you know, the master distiller and we'll talk about the Lincoln County process and all that kind of shit. Um, but we got some news first. So basically what's going to happen is Nick is going to give you all the history and all the facts. And I'm just going to sit here and drink and pretty much just. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when you listen to, you know, you prep for a Jack episode and you listen to all this stuff, it's, you know, we try to get away from just, you know, fact after fact after fact and make it more interactive. Yeah, I just so, I jump in with my wittiness because I don't want to do research and development. Um, but I tell you something, man. You know some weird shit about Jack um, out the gate was that it was an allocated product in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties. Really? Yeah, it was allocated, which a lot of people forget that about Jack's history. Um, but we'll talk about that, man. Um, we'll start off with some news. Are you cool with that? I'm cool. Go ahead. All right. Um, as I sip on this Jack number ten, look quietly my favorite so far. I think out of the bunch today. Um, hey, in the news, uh, Ross and Squibb hired a, a new master distiller. Yeah, yeah I feel like we always talking about them. Yeah. Uh, Ian Sturzman. This is uh, last year, of course. Lux Co. and MGP merged to become Ross and Squibb. Um, this is uh, their master distiller. They just announced this week, so good for them. Nope. Uh, 18th Street is in the news. Oh, really? What is, what is Drew doing? Yeah, 18th Street Distillery took over a 5,000 square foot space in downtown Hammond, Indiana. Now, their current location is next to their brewery, yeah, which is also in downtown Indiana. So, they're slowly taking over the entire downtown section. That's what I'm talking about. Bob the block. <laughs> yeah. Bob the block. But you know what's so funny? Because it's called 18th Street Brewery, but yeah. it's not on 18th Street. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no, um in the in the beer world, there are there's no Whiskey or Hills at Whiskey Hill Brewing. Um, There's a brewery called Flapjacks out in Westmont. They do not sell pancakes. They sell burger. <laughs> uh, Brad, uh, on the last beer pass, Brad went to a place called uh, Bubble House. There's no bubbles? There's no, it's not a laundromat. I expect if I see, you know. There ain't no what? champagne. I'm going to be honest with you. If I hear anything about <laughs> bubbles, I'm going to expect to walk in and see a, a shitload of bubbles. Yeah. So uh, 18th Street, is uh, their, their capacity is going to be 12,000 more gallons of whiskey. So this is called the uh, it's called the the firmatorium. So this will be the largest distillery in Northwest Indiana. Okay. Yeah. So the grounds will include um, space for two apartments. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an Airbnb. Mm. And he said the project came about because he kept getting so many wedding inquiries at his existing space. Yeah. So um, Drew Fox uh, 
is the first black distiller in Indiana. That's what I'm talking about. Go ahead, Jewel. Congratulations to you and you know, wish you much success in your endeavors. I just have one question though. Cause you know, because we are from that area, well, we're from the, the south suburb side, you know. Yeah, in Chicago, the south. Hammond is Indiana, but it's basically 159th Street. Yeah. So it's it's essentially suburban Chicago right. in a lot of ways. Right. So, you know, we are both originally from that area. So my question would be, being that we know the area, who's going to Airbnb out there? Yeah, I think the idea is folks that are coming in town and want like a brewer's vacation okay. would come out and, you know, they would um and they would stay there and then they would hit up all the breweries in the region, you know? I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So it's it's for people who look to have um, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, a birthday party, you know, just a gigantic event space that you could stay at, you know, overnight, an order, an overnight lodging experience, along with your party experience. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's, that's cool. That's special cool. event space shit. So I mean, that's cool because the other big, the biggest one, Chateau Bravel or something like that, that's been open for like years. The fuck is that? Um, it's like in Palos. That closed recently. That used to be the go-to spot for black weddings. Um, maybe proms too. Yeah, that too. So mm. now that's closed. So there you go. Chateau, say it again. Chateau something. I <laughs> okay. I don't know. We got married in the courthouse, okay. so hey. Um, and finally in the news, uh, Angels Envy co-founder Wes Anderson, after 13 years, announced his retirement this week. I want to retire. Yeah, I want to retire too. Uh, Wes, of course, is a co-founder and um, of the... This actually ties into this week's product because his dad, Lincoln Anderson, was the other co-founder of, now I'm saying Anderson, but it's Henderson. Lincoln Henderson was the other co-founder of Angels Envy. And his dad is responsible for a couple of products uh, we're going to drink today. Um, one being um, the Jack Single Barrel. Okay. So so that's a nice little tie-in to our uh, Jack Daniels episode, Shalanda. So um, our last romp with Jack was... Uh, Back in September, we did a story on the Jack Rye, on the single barrel special release rye. Mm-hmm. That's the last time we had Jack. Um, I remember you had to refresh my memory on that because I honestly have forgotten about it. Yeah, you know, Master Distillers, Chris Fletcher, the assistant Master Distiller is uh, Lexi Phillips. Uh, this is, of course, under the Brown Foreman umbrella. So that is um, that is what? Wiffer Reserve. And that is also uh, Old Forest. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Jack, we've said this before, you know, it's the largest selling whiskey on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, it outsells every other whiskey worldwide. You know, uh, Evan Williams is the top selling bourbon in this country, but worldwide is Jack Daniels. So, you know, lately, this is year four of Jack Daniels special barrel special release. Right. So we wanted to. It's kind of weird that we're talking about Jack on this channel. Right. Why? Because when's the last time you just had old number seven? You know, this is the top selling whiskey in the world. I mean, we have had it on the bar for. No, I take that back. I bought a huge bottle to take to make margaritas with to a family event, but not to just sit around and sip on it. Yeah. Um, old number seven. I think I had it at, um, you know, the soccer field out in um, Toyota Park. They had a Monsters of Rock concert or something. And then the VIP tent. All they served was like Surly Furious, which is an IPA, and Jack Daniels. Those are the only two things you could buy. And Nick got sick as fuck. I was like, God, oh, overdid it on the fucking Jack Daniels. Um, Jack, but I will say this, man. Prior to even having these, the Jack Daniels single barrel, I thought it was always money. 
You know, I thought it was kind of just kind of a perfect balance of those banana flavors with like some really cool kind of liquid candy thing going. I really dug on the single barrel. And you can get a three pack of that at the store for like the little bitty uh, bottles. Yeah, I've seen those. 375s. It comes with like a single barrel, a barrel proof, and a rye. Mm-hmm. Right. Not these. Th- not to be confused with the single barrel special release. See your bottle. <laughs> see your bottle gotta say special <laughs> release because if it don't say special release, you just got that basic shit. It's not the same as what we're drinking today. Um, so what? What did we do? We went and got Coy Hill. You know, I think what, what Coy Hill is really the whole reason we're doing this show. And the Coy Hill and uh, and the tenure. So me being, you know, the more we do this show, the more I'm realizing like I'm not really a big proof hound like I once was. I know, I used to be a proof whore. So today, man, I enjoy, I was telling Shalanda the the tenure, it's kind of reminded me of like just a little bit of what I like about port, you know, like those those barrel-aged beers that are finished in port wine cask. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit of that, a little bit of chocolate, a lot of spice. And not spice like heat, but just spice like different spices. So um, to kind of bring this down so people really, for me, when I'm drinking on this tan, so you know those red hot candies that has that sweetness, but then it has that cinnamon spice that just, you know, lingers in your mouth. Yeah. That's what this is to me. Yeah. And I kind of feel like uh, to piggyback off that, you know, a lot of times we associate these whiskeys with, you know, desserts or fruits or some sorts of, you know, or something sweet. But this kind of reminds me of. Not a fruit in general, but just like a candy, mm-hmm. you know, just reminds me of a candy that's both spicy and sweet. So it's different. It's interesting and it's different. It's 10 years old. I think the OG Jack is more of a 80 proof and maybe four to five years old. And then the Jack 10, which is uh, for the first time in uh, since pre-prohibition, the Jack 10 is like 97 proof. Yeah. And 10 years old. 70 bucks. I think that's a little stiff, but... I think it's great. It's like a $50 bottle. I think this is a very, very nice bottle. And there you have it. So I'm excited about that. Uh, what's been your favorite out of all of them so far that we've had? Um, I'm going to have to say the 10. I mean, the rye was is is really good. And so is the Koi Hill. The Koi Hill has definitely comes with that heat. It was like, I was, right out the bat, I was like, damn, this is spicy. And we both know I do love, you know, the spicy drink. But um. Yeah, it's that uh, tenure for me because it has the balance of the sweetness and the spice. Yeah, as much as I like Koi Hill, um, you know, there's a little bit of fig there. And it's surprisingly very candy forward for it to be so big. Yeah, the Koi Hill reminds me of that fig cookie cookie type thing. And my grandmother used to make us eat those as a kid, and I hated those cookies. Yeah, it reminds me of some kind of ginger ginger snap candy. Like, I don't know, hard candy or something. Yeah. There is a hint of violence on the um on the quail. It's like, yes, right up in your face, like it smacks you, like it's it's really bold and prominent. Yeah. Um listening to uh, you know, Chris and Lexi talk, man, they they brought up some really good points about the uh the Quay Hill and how you know, Quay Hill is the oldest warehouse on the Jack Farm, and they mm-hmm. call it Track One. It's the Track One of all the warehouses. So this was done up in the Buzzards Roost on Quay Hill. So that's the highest point at the whole facility. The Buzzards Roost. The Buzzard Roost. So you get to the very top floor mm-hmm. of the oldest warehouse, and then they went out on the very top floor. There's three, uh, three levels, mm-hmm. and so they went out their way to make a fourth level, mm-hmm. and that's the Buzzards Roost, mm-hmm. right? So you know. Um, 
as we well and as we as we know, uh, Tennessee is about 250 miles south of bourbon country. Yeah, keep driving that in. <laughs> in Kentucky. Um, so, you know, you get these summers where, you know, these, these bottles set up there and of these barrels and some of them got up to as high as 160 proof, they said. Shit. What the hell? We were talking about 18th Street earlier and 18th Street has a single barrel that they got over at, um, I think at a place called Niche. Mm-hmm. Right. Niche is, I don't know. It's in one of these suburbs. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, the, the, uh, the two single barrels from 18th Street started out as two year MGP. And when they bought the MGP, you know, it was like 120 proof, right? Mm-hmm. But then it sat in Indiana for two summers and got up to 140 proof. It was actually like 148 proof, like a violently big uh, proof point. Like oh, damn, you know. So that's a, that's what happened to these. You know, you get you get these uh, you get these whiskeys. You sit them up high, and before you know it, you're at 160 proof. So this is um, August 12th. So this is a nine year whiskey. And um, little fact about the Coy Hill is that. A, if you got one that's over 140, you can't fly with it. It's considered hazardous if you fly with anything over 140. But then also, anything over 150 wouldn't stay in the bottle, Shalanda. So the top would pop off the bottle if it got warm at 150. So basically, anything over 150, they had to put back in the barrel because they don't have a bottle that can contain it without the cork popping out. So that shit is crazy. Um, you know, Jack in general, man, you don't associate Jack with you know, something that collectors would necessarily want to, you know, align themselves with. But here we are for a second time in a row talking about some whiskeys that are are absolute hitters, man. Like super fun to drink. It's a bangus. You know, have some have some really unique flavors. Um Jack Daniels, of course, is who is it? My man Jasper Newton Daniel. He was a farmer. He was a Lutheran preacher. He was a preacher man. And um, he learned how to distill while he was on a farm in Lynchburg, Tennessee, from a fellow named Nathan Green. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, we all know the Uncle Nearest story. So what they did with this Lincoln County process that Nathan came up with was, um, you know, it's 126 going into the barrel. But before it hits the barrel, they take it through 10 feet of charcoal, you know, mm-hmm. and that's to strip out, basically keep the sweetness and strip out bitter oak. So that's the only difference. Okay. And um, you know, this Tennessee whiskey is more of a marketing term. Oh, wait. Time out. What'd you I'm get? S- what'd you pour? The Coy Hill. It smells so nice though, right? It does. It smells oh, cool. It smells amazing. That spice. It smells like ginger snap cookies or some shit, right? It does. Like, man. But then you when you dive into it, do those flavors translate? You're when you're diving into it, that spice hits you so so quickly is like you I don't know you have to think about it first <laughs> you have to let it simmer down to really get the flavors that you're you're tasting yeah I actually um I'm not gonna say it dries up but the oak that comes in kind of feels like like tobacco and, and oak and it kind of mellows everything out after the initial burst of heat Right. So my suggestion, I can't even talk tonight. My suggestion to anyone that gets this, this particular Koi Hill, um, once you sip it, let it sit for a minute so you can really get those flavors because you do not want to judge it off the first sip. Cause you know, some people, they don't like the spice or, and they don't get the flavors. It's like you have to give it a time to kind of marinate on your tongue because it has a long, a long finish. Yeah, man, we were uh, drinking the resilient last week, 
not on the show, just at the bar. Mm-hmm. It was 16, 16 years old. It's a Dickel product. Um, yeah, and the first three sips reminded me of the vitamin. The Flintstone. You know, you get the infamous Flintstone vitamin note. Mm-hmm. But then, is oddly enough, after sip four, I don't know, maybe it's because it's 127 proof, mm-hmm. but after sip four, it just became something different. You know, black cherry, strawberry, started to jump out the glass more. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of what you're saying is true. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand this uh, Tennessee whiskey thing and how, you know, the feds, Actually, after prohibition, it was the federal government that said you really need to start calling this shit bourbon because it fits all the characteristics of bourbon. And then uh, Jack Daniels kind of pushed back and said it's always been called Tennessee whiskey. And um, they ran some lab tests, and the Fed's response was it may be called a whiskey. So you can call it a whiskey if you want, but you can go ahead and call it a bourbon, a whiskey, or Tennessee whiskey, just based on the fact that you presented your case saying that the process made it taste different from bourbon from Kentucky. But it's not that it can't be called a bourbon. It's just that Jack went out there way to want it to be called a Tennessee. They wanted to set themselves different. They wanted to set themselves apart from what other people were doing. So, I mean, the whole Tennessee whiskey, you know, niche, it works. Yeah, for sure. It's a sipper. As a, you know, she caught me mid-sip. <laughs> you should see your face right now. Yeah. So, um, when you go back to... Uh, this other one in the lineup, the Jack Daniels Special Single Barrel Special Reserve Barrel Proof Rye. Mm-hmm. Um, this is only the fifth time they've released a rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2012, they released Unaged Rye. In uh, 2014, something called Rested Rye. The Single Barrel Rye debuted in 2016. Uh, Tennessee Rye in 2017. And then, of course, this one in uh, 2020, which was anywhere from 125 to 140 proof. Yeah. So um, I think it's all about mint and lemon zest and and traditional barrel notes when you get into that Jack Daniels single barrel. Um, But what fucked me up was that when we take the full spin and go back to old number seven, like we did when we were watching uh, TV earlier, um, the banana flavors really only exist in old number seven out of the ones that we have here today. Oh, I didn't take that ride with you. Yeah. It's, you did. Um, I was cooking. Um, old number seven is uh, is the banana run. Good old number seven. Um, you know what? I'm about to take that ride right now because I've only I haven't had it in this element um, in forever. Um, I've only had it in mixed cocktails. Yeah. Before. So Jack Daniels old number seven does about 13 million cases a year worldwide. Um, there were two touch points in the Jack Daniels history that really made it pop off as a brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was in 1904. It won mm-hmm. some awards at the St. Louis uh, World's Fair. Mm-hmm. But then the second touch point was in 1955 when Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes, got his ass on stage and talked about how this is uh, this is the nectar of the gods. You know, this this is this Jack. This is the nectar of the gods. Jack Daniels is the nectar of the gods in 1955. So Frank said that, and then Frank was such so big at the time. That they went immediately from 150,000 cases in 1955 to the next year in 1956, they doubled, and, mm-hmm. and they were at 300. They were at 300,000 cases. So, um, so they couldn't keep up with demand. Ever since Frank Sinatra got on stage and said that about them, um, that's interesting. I actually didn't know that. And then you know, whiskey started to take the plunge in the 70s and 80s, so it became more of an export brand. But from that period where it was popping in the U.S., like uh, I would say mid 50s mm-hmm. to like you know early 70s, 
Mm-hmm. It was it was an allocated product. They couldn't keep up with demand. Yeah. So that kind of set their shit in a different stratosphere as far as um as far as reach and popularity. Okay. So yeah. You know, I was kind of worried when we started doing this show that, you know, we've been drinking Jack all weekend and, t- and listening to Jack shit all weekend and we would probably just kind of oversaturate and have too much shit to talk about. But I actually feel like it's been an action packed like like fifteen or twenty minutes here. Yeah, it's been like a good twenty minutes. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that, man. You do? Yeah. So um I will say this in closing about Jack. Mm-hmm. Um we've been doing the show for two years. I never once wanted a Jack product. You know. In fact, I would go to I went to a Dickel tasting at the Publican mm-hmm. and they would go out there way to talk shit about Jack. And we're the real Tennessee whiskey and Jack. They put coloring in and shit and all this kind of thing. And you know, and I've always heard negative things about Jack. And then, you know, I got sick at the rock concert off the Jack. So I just never was into Jack at all until this ride came around in 2020. You know, it puts me in mind. It, You know how we had, I think we went somewhere where we, I think it was like Mo's Cantina. And, you know, how they bought out all the tequilas. So um, the stuff, even with the Hennessy t- tasting, the stuff that you can easily get, we tend to say, yeah, we overlook it because we all know, you know what it is. Yeah. But it's the stuff that you really can't really find that's amazing. So, like, Jack wasn't on my radar, you know, either. But until I had this Coy Hill and until I had this 10-year and, and the and the rise, like, they make some pretty good shit. Yeah. They're focused on innovation, right? And then, yeah, they're a reminder that don't get it twisted just because we sell a lot of volume doesn't mean we can't make uh a highly sought after product. Exactly. You know, have a highly sought after cash product. I think you brought up two very good points. The fourteen ninety two from Jose. Yeah, uh, it was Jose Quiva. I was yeah, trying to think in my head like was, which one was it. It was a fourteen ninety two and we're like, holy shit. So it was like three hundred dollars a shot. Yeah, or the Hennessy, I think the Hennessy was the EXO. Yeah. From the House of Hennessy event. And we're looking around, one of my first questions at the Hennessy event was well, why the fuck y'all don't just make this available at the store? <laughs> I mean, because this shit came out of nowhere with like these crazy chocolate notes, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, it tasted so much like a bourbon. Yeah. You know, it tasted like a, a fine sherry wine bourbon hybrid. Right. And we're like, this tastes nothing like the Hennessy and the half pint that my sister and them be drinking at their parties out west. You know, it didn't taste anything like that. And it fucked me up. I'm like, it changed the way I viewed them as a brand. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this, I, this is a reminder of that. Yeah, these these three part, uh, products here definitely opened my eyes more. Yeah. Um, I think that's all we got. We sipped these out of our, uh, you know, these Jack Daniels branded Chicago White Sox glasses, you know, for the win. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we had that going as well. So. Yeah. So is there anything else? Uh, no, actually, I think that's it. That's all I got. Oh, also, you guys check out the website um, and also the social medias. I have bought cocktails of the week back. It's yes. fucking time. You know, shut your ass up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Find your wedding ring. Now what? <laughs> anyway, um, this week is going to be Dirty Diana. So I use the old Jack number seven. All right. I use one teaspoon of Luxardo cherry juice, sweet vermouth. All spice, do Nord apple spice, and some grenadine. But you will be able to find the whole recipe again on social media on Monday. So, if there's nothing else, we're gonna catch you individually. Hey man, uh, shout out to Do Nord up in uh, Minnesota. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Nicosia. And you can find me on all the social medias running my mouth at Afro Beer Chick and collectively. 
you can find us at the need pour. So until next time, you guys, peace out.